Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. For those of you paying attention, it's pretty clear that over the past 25 years, MLS has developed tremendously, uh, starting from very humble beginnings to becoming one of the biggest leagues in all the Americas. But biggest leagues in all of the Americas is kind of a broad and ambiguous statement. We want to know. How does MLS compare to Liga Omegis? How do they compare to the Brasileiro? How do they compare to the Scottish Premier League or the Dutch League or other similar leagues like that? And can MLS teams actually compete against lower table teams in top five leagues? Today, we're going to attempt to answer that question. Now, while it's damn near impossible to definitively give an answer to that question, which league is better than the other league, one thing that we can definitely do is compare based on the most predictive statistic that we have to determine quality of soccer clubs in the known universe of world soccer. That is payroll. How much financial power do these teams actually have? We know that the teams who can pay more for players tend to have better players and tend to do better in world soccer. So how do the payrolls for MLS clubs compare to clubs from around the world? We're going to find out on this episode of The Yank Report. What's up? My name is Sam. This is The Yank Report, a show about all things American soccer. If you are into that kind of thing, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you can stick with us. Hit the like button. If you really want to support the channel, you can become a member. Now, speaking of supporting the channel, before we get started with today's video, here's a word from this week's sponsor. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy betting new year as we continue our march towards the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all betting action. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, and of course soccer, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available in 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. So let's dive right in. First thing we're going to do is take a look at the MLS financial information and then make some inferences and compare those to some of the leagues around the world. The tool that we will be utilizing today is Capology. Capology is an incredible website that has a wealth of financial information about uh, teams from all over world soccer. So let's start with MLS. And the first thing that really jumps out to us, I think, is if we look at uh, gross pay per year, we can see that Toronto FC is just way far and away the, the number one highest payroll team in MLS by a wide margin. They're kind of an outlier. More on them in a second. Once we jump past TFC, we get to LA Galaxy and Columbus Crew. We can see that LA Galaxy are right on the verge of 20 million and the Columbus Crew are at 16 million. And then it sort of kind of falls off from there. Um, in a nice uniform pattern. If we go all the way down to the bottom of MLS, remember this is a huge league with close to 30 teams. Uh, we see RSL is down at the bottom at 8 million. Um, there's a few teams at 8 million, but the majority of the league is going to be over $10 million, which is we're going to find out later is actually fairly significant in world soccer. The big thing that I, I think we should note here is if we throw out TFC, which is the outlier at the top, the 19 million to 8 million at the bottom. That's a disparity of around $10 million, which is the parity in action. MLS always talks about parity. It's a closed league. What you don't see in MLS is, is a major disparity between the haves and have nots and a major fall off at the bottom of the table and a, a major come up at the at the top of the table. Now, TFC does kind of break that trend. They are, they are up tremendously in uh, 2022, uh, largely due to the Insigne contract, which is like $11 million per year. It's something crazy. Now, let's move on to Liga Mackies and see how they compare. 
MLS is often compared to Liga MX for good reason. They are the geographical neighbor and they are also kind of the power in this part of, of the world in North America. Of course, at the top, I know a lot of people might think that Club America is the biggest club um, as far as financials in, in Mexico, but it's actually Tigres. Tigres is up top at, at 20 million. If we remember, uh, TFC was 36 million. So TFC is going to be bigger than any club in Liga Mekis whenever it comes to payroll. Tigres would be the second biggest payroll club in MLS. But then after that, one, two, three, four, you got four clubs that are spending over 10 million. And then after you get past the top six clubs, I mean, you've fallen past the MLS zone, the zone from 19 million to 8 million. After those top six clubs, there's no clubs in Liga Mekis that are spending as much as MLS clubs. Once you get to the bottom of the league, there's several clubs that are spending half of what the bottom table teams in MLS are spending right now. It's going to be very interesting whenever the League Cup comes around and we see all of the MLS clubs competing against all of the Liga Mekis clubs. I think that the Champions League might be a little bit of fool's goal for Mexico right now because they're getting to play that competition whenever their teams are in form and it's their top teams. You know, if we look at years past, we can see that MLS is kind of on an upward trajectory and Liga Mekis is kind of stagnant, if not falling off. Let's move on to the Colombian League, the Categoria Primera A. Um, I find this league interesting just because there, there's so many transfers coming out of Colombia going to MLS right now. And if we look at the financials, we can see why there's not a single club in the Colombian League that um, spend as much as MLS teams. You see Atletico Nacional up top, uh, Los Millonarios down there uh, at 3 million. So we can understand why uh, Colombia is becoming a conduit to MLS, why why so many why so many MLS clubs are in for Colombian players right now, because it just makes a lot of financial sense that the Colombian players can get more money in MLS than they could otherwise. Let's move to the Argentinian League where they have some giant clubs in world soccer and River Plate and Boca, a rivalry known around the world. Um, it is often thought that the Argentinian League is the second biggest league in all of the Americas behind the Braziliero. Uh, let's look top at the table at River Plate. And River Plate is sitting at $33 million. So River Plate is actually not spending as much as Toronto FC right now. So TFC, at least at this point in our video, is still the number one spending team in all of the Americas. Uh, keep that in mind before we move to the Brasileiro because things might change there. Uh, we see River Plate would be a, a giant club in MLS for sure. Uh, Boca would uh, be a, a big club in MLS as well. But once you get past that, you get to the MLS zone, which to be fair in Argentina is actually pretty significant. I'd say the majority of the league is within that MLS zone. And a lot of these teams that are uh, at the top of the table would be teams that are at the top of the table spinning wise in MLS. So the comparison works really well. But what we'll find is once we get to the beginning, um, let's say about uh, the bottom half of the league, you're going to see the majority of the teams are spending less than MLS teams right here. So while they do um, have some quality teams at the top of the table, once you get towards the bottom, you see a tremendous, tremendous fall off, which you don't necessarily see in MLS. There was about a $10 million difference between the top of the league and MLS, excluding TFC, a $10 million difference between the top of the league and the bottom of the league. Over here, if we exclude River Plate, um, you go from 25 million to 4 million. So it's a 20 million difference. And and even within the world of world soccer, that's not a huge difference between the top to the bottom. MLS is just a massive outlier in this realm, uh, but it's still a pretty significant difference. Now let's move over to the biggest league in all of the Americas, that being the Brasileiro. So we check out the Brasileiro and we see over here at the top of the table, Flamengo, finally a club that spends more than TFC. So as far as I know, the top two teams as far as payroll uh, for the next season for 2022-2023 uh, in the Americas 
will be Flamingo number one and then TFC number two, which is pretty incredible for TFC. They are absolutely spinning that cash right now. So we see at the top of the table, sort of similar to the Argentinian league, um, you've got some pretty solid squads uh, spending wise at the top of the table. I mean, the top five, six teams in the Brasileiro would be um, uh, monsters would be spending more than LA Galaxy, a little bit less than TFC, but more than LA Galaxy and would definitely be payroll wise competing at the top of the table in MLS. But uh, after you get past the first 10, 10, 15 teams or so, that's pretty much the entirety of the MLS zone. Once we get past that $8 million, you see the bottom half of the table and maybe bottom half is a little bit generous. It's a little bit less than half, uh, but less than half of the table is going to be below that MLS zone. Once we get to the very bottom, you're seeing teams spending in that 4 million area. So it's very similar to the Argentinian league, actually, whenever you kind of compare the numbers with the Brazilian league, having some, um, some, some bigger numbers at the top of the table for sure. So now we're going to jump ship and we're going to actually go across the sea to Europe to see how MLS stacks up to some of these European teams. I think the trend that we're seeing over and over again is that what makes MLS unique and different and kind of this new experiment in the world is that they're not necessarily a high ceiling league, but it's a high floor league, which is different than a lot of leagues in the world. I think we're going to especially see that when we get to some of these second tier uh, European leagues and even the top tier European leagues. So the first step in our journey, I think, is going to be to go to Scotland to check out what the Scottish Premier League looks like. Before we do, I want you to take one more look at the MLS table and kind of keep in mind what some of the uh, teams at the top of the table look like. Uh, keep in mind that the bottom of the table is $8 million. The top is going to be around 19, 20 million with, with, with uh, I think the majority filling in between 10 to 15 million. So keep that in mind as we head to Scotland. Kind of think about in your mind right now what you think Celtic and Rangers actually look like financially before we make that jump. So here we are in the Scottish Premiership. Let's take a look. Let's take a look. And there we go. Rangers and Celtic are sitting. Now, keep in mind, this is going to be, I believe we're in Great British Pounds right now, Great Britain Pounds, whatever. Uh, Rangers and Celtic are going to be at 14 million pounds and 13 million pounds, respectively. Uh, so I think that puts them... They would be among some of the bigger spinning clubs in MLS, but behind clubs like TFC and LA Galaxy, uh, which is not something that I think we normally associate with the Scottish Premiership. I think we often say that the uh, Celtic and Rangers would be a class above everybody in MLS and the rest of the league would be competitive with MLS. But at least as determined by the payroll, that's not necessarily the case. Uh, and of course, once you get past Rangers and Celtic, you see the dramatic fall off in the Scottish League. There's not a team in the league that's even close to what the lowest team in MLS is spending. Uh, you see Hearts is at $2 million and Motherwall is kind of close to $2 million right there. At the bottom of the league, you're seeing these teams spend in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. This is low-tier American soccer territory. This would be like bottom USL, USL2 territory, um, which is pretty incredible considering the, um, the the reputation that Rangers and Celtic have in, in world soccer and, and also just the way that most fans compare MLS to the Scottish Premier League. Now, let's look at another Another league that you often get comparisons drawn to in MLS, the Dutch League. Now, think in your head, how much money do you think that uh, Ajax and PSV actually spend in payroll? Let's see if it matches up with those expectations. I will say before we get started that a lot of these leagues, especially the second tier leagues, have fallen in financial uh, hard times recently. It's getting more and more difficult to be um, a, a league really outside of the EPL. A lot of these leagues outside of the EPL are kind of struggling to hold on right now in world soccer. So we have seen a fall off 
in the Scottish Premiership and in the Eredivisie, and even within PSV um, is experiencing financial issues in Ajax as well. Um, so these numbers aren't necessarily representative of, say, like the last 15 years, but they're they're where we are right now. We're kind of having to take a snapshot in time, um, and, and this is just the reality of what we got at this snapshot in time. But Ajax is sitting at $23 million a year, which would be the second biggest team in MLS behind TFC. It would be bigger than LA Galaxy, the second biggest team in MLS, but not substantially bigger. Um, it, it's pretty incredible uh, to, to think about that. And then PSV, which is another giant name in world soccer, uh, would be kind of a bang average team at MLS as far as payroll, maybe upper average, maybe like a playoff team, but not necessarily like a favorite playoff team. And then once you get past those top two, uh, Feyenoord is actually at 7 million, which would put them behind the lowest MLS team. So the MLS zone, the range of payroll for MLS would represent the top two teams in the Eredivisie. Once you get past those top two teams, you're past that MLS zone payroll-wise. One of the things that I was kind of floored about is when we take a look at Groningen, Groningen is a team that uh, Ricardo Pepe's playing at right now. Groningen is sitting at $3.9 million, which if we go back to MLS and take a look at FC Dallas, I mean, it's a third of what FC Dallas is spending right now. FC Dallas is at $12 million. So FC Dallas is actually a, a much bigger club payroll-wise than the club that Ricardo Pepe is currently playing at. I, I know you guys may be asking, like, why is this the case? Why are these uh, small teams just not spending as much as MLS teams? Uh, why is it that the top teams are spending so much? I, I think you got to think about geography in Europe versus geography in the United States. Uh, in a lot of these European countries, the population is just not that big, and often the po population is found in, uh, in, in the big cities. And once you get past the big cities... Some of these, I mean, Groningen's population, I don't have it off the top of my head, but it's its not very big. It, it wouldn't represent the type of population that would be up for an MLS, MLS club necessarily. And what happens in world soccer is as the need for money grows, uh, especially money beyond the means that can be supported by a small town, and especially as the global economy changes and the need for factories and things like that goes away and more and more people uh, need to move to larger towns in order to survive. These small towns across Europe are losing population. They don't have the corporate money that the bigger uh, cities do. So these smaller clubs don't have the population to support the club. They don't have the uh, corporations with the big money to support the club. They don't have the jobs in the town in order for the middle class to support the clubs. So they're losing more and more money each year, and it's getting more and more difficult for them to compete with the big dogs who are in the big cities. And whenever I say big cities, even that's relative because the big cities aren't even necessarily that big when you compare them to like MLS standards. That's the thing about the United States. It's so damn massive that even the small markets in the U.S. have population bases with like 2 million people and, and massive corporations within these cities and able to support these clubs. The infrastructure uh, geographically in MLS and, and the cities and, and the population and the money that's involved in MLS in the United States is just different, man. It's just able to support things at a level that's different than what's able to be supported in these European cities in these small European cities that have like 50,000 people in them with a metro of like 200,000. It's just, it's not the same. So before we move on to the top five leagues, let's take a look at the championship 
which is often considered uh, one of uh, like one of the top leagues in Europe, actually. If we take a look at the championship, we can see the top three teams in the championship. The teams that would represent the promotion candidate teams in the championship uh, are all spending over twenty million. So they would put they would be behind TFC but above LA Galaxy uh, within MLS. Uh, the rest of the league, we can see that once we get past those top three teams, you're in the MLS zone right there with Russ Brom spending 16 million. And then once you get to about halfway down, maybe the upper half of the league, uh, that's where you see Swansea sitting at 8.8 million. That's the entire MLS zone right there. The the entire upper half of the league would represent the MLS zone. Once you get past the bottom of that, the bottom tier of the league, they're spending less than MLS clubs do. Uh, the bottom of the league is spending less than half of what MLS MLS clubs do. Okay, big five league time. Now let's take a look at the uh, smallest of the big five. And starting with league, uh, we come across our first true super club. That is PSG. PSG is spending $372 million on salary a year. They have three of the highest paid players in the world and Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi making unreal amounts of money like let me just let me just show you guys this real quick we're, we're just, this is the first the only team we're going to do this with i just want to show you guys how much these players are making per week with mbappe making 1.4 million per week messi making 1.3 million per week and neymar making 1.1 million dollars per week that is just utterly incredible but going back to league oh uh, we can see that 372 million dollars represents i mean i i don't i'm not going to do the math off the top of my head but they represent about half of what the league is actually spending on payroll just in one club uh we see that some of the cl clubs at the top are, are spending relative good amounts of money i mean marseille uh monaco Lyon. uh these would all be Giants in MLS. These are all clubs spending uh, more than TFC's even spending. Uh, but once you get past that, the MLS zone in this league, I mean, the fall off is pretty quick. I would say like the top 10, 12 clubs, something like that, represent the MLS zone. And then the rest of the league are going to be spending less than that. Once you get towards the bottom of the table, they're spending less than half of what MLS clubs are. I know that we often think that a top five league club They've got to be all the clubs in the top five league must be spending a lot more than MLS clubs. Not the case, especially in France. Now, France is the weakest of the big five leagues, but um, it's still the case that even a, even a squad like Lille, the squad that um, that Tim Way is playing on, a squad that actually won league uh, surprisingly not too long ago. I mean, they're sitting on 16 million in payroll, which would put them as one of the higher tier MLS clubs, one of the playoff caliber clubs in MLS but not necessarily the highest paid club in the league for sure. Now let's go to Syria and La Liga. And I think it's fair to just kind of lump Syria and La Liga together because they tell a very similar story. Syria, of course, is going to be dominated by a couple of clubs at the top. You see Juventus at uh, 152 million per year and Inter Milan at 121. And then you got some pretty big clubs following that in Roma and AC Milan and Lazio and Napoli, all significantly bigger than the biggest MLS clubs. And this is sort of where I kind of have a hard time calling league uh, a, a top league. Like I know we say top five league. I think a lot of that has to be do with PSG. But if you compare uh, Serie A to league, uh, you see that just the payroll throughout the quality throughout is just more than league uh, and more than any of the other leagues that we've looked to already. I mean, this is truly a quality league where just about any given week you're, you're playing against a club that is probably pretty good that's got some pretty good players on the field of course once you get to the very bottom of the league there, there's actually a 
teams spending less than MLS clubs right here. The bottom of the league is certainly in that MLS zone, but the MLS zone doesn't really start. If we call it $19 million right here with Sampdoria, it doesn't really start until the really the, the bottom teams in the league past the bottom half. Uh, the top half is going to be teams spending more and significantly more than MLS clubs. It's going to be a very similar story in La Liga. Of course, you have the teams at the top with Barcelona spending $300 million on payroll per year. Real Madrid, 267. Atletico Madrid, 152. And then you got some big dogs right behind that, spending far more than any MLS club would. Let's see, where does that MLS zone start? More than halfway down the league, you get to Getafe, and I'd say that that's really where uh, where the MLS zone starts right here, 20 million. That's roughly what LA Galaxy are spending. Once you get to the very bottom of the league, you find a couple of clubs that are spending less than MLS clubs, but you just see the quality week in and week out in this league is pretty strong as well. Now, that, of course, is not to say that like these clubs would wipe the floor with MLS clubs, at least payroll-wise, financial power-wise. I mean, you look at a club like TFC and they would actually be like mid-table in La Liga, uh, which is pretty incredible. A team like LA Galaxy would represent more or less a mid-table club in La Liga, which is not something that we often hear discussed uh, when we're comparing and contrasting leagues. But at least when it comes to financial power, I know that there's a lot of differences in how those clubs are allowed to spend their money. Let's move on to the Bundesliga, where once again, we find one big fish, which is going to be Bayern Munich spending $250 million per year. The next one down is going to be Borussia Dortmund at around 90 and Leipzig at around 80, uh, just spending so much more than everybody else in the league. The drop off is so significant that like, I mean, honestly, does it matter who's coaching Bayern Munich or like what happens? They just they've got so much more money that they can basically put together two rosters that are better than the next team down in Borussia Dortmund. It is ridiculously unfair. Once you get past those top three teams, you see a pretty significant drop off. Uh, to Leverkusen spending around $40 million. There's a couple of clubs in that $30 million zone. Uh, let's see, where would the MLS zone start here? Let's say uh, Eintracht Frankfurt and Osberg. It's kind of the area where you would see uh, clubs spinning in that MLS zone area. And then the rest of the league is going to be spinning over 10 mil until you get to Bochum at the very bottom, uh, spinning 6 mil. That is basically a, a two Bundesliga club uh, masquerading as a as a Bundesliga club for, for one season before they get relegated. All right, now I think the moment that we've all been waiting for, the EPL, the English Premier League, the biggest league in the world, basically the world's league at this point, uh, the league that is come to dominate the rest of the world whenever it comes to ratings and player quality and all that good stuff. Let's take a look at what is cooking in the EPL. And at the top of the table, we of course see those big teams that we were expecting. Manchester United actually spends the most money by a pretty fair margin um, in the EPL right now at $238 million. I think that'll go down a little bit because they won't have uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's contract, kind of depending on how that works out. But uh, something to keep in, keep in mind. Uh, Chelsea sitting at $181 million. Manchester City at $174 million. Um, there is one, two, three, four, five clubs spending over $100 million. Uh, next tier, Arsenal and Leicester uh, spinning in that 85-plus range, uh, which makes them a, a super league. I mean, this is incredible financial power that they have on display. And as we go through and kind of look for where is the MLS zone and the EPL, it would have to be the very bottom of the table with Leeds and Brentford. Uh, Leeds spending $18 million and Brentford spending $16 million um, and competing in the EPL. Every other team is going to be spending more than uh, any MLS club outside of TSC. 
TFC themselves would be uh, pretty pretty low on the table. They would be between Southampton and Bournemouth. They would represent a, a team that's probably battling for relegation in the EPL, at least as far as payroll goes. So this shows us what like a true Super League looks like. This shows the quality of the EPL. This shows why uh, players are leaving like good teams in other leagues and going to middle-of-the-table teams in the EPL because they just got that kind of financial power. I mean, a team like Crystal Palace which is not necessarily a remarkable team within the EPL, but they're spending $63 million a year, which would make them one of the bigger teams in, in most leagues in the world. Uh, but here in the EPL, they're, they're not necessarily one of the giants, which just goes to show just the financial power and might that the EPL actually has. So there you have it as far as the financial power of MLS and how it compares to some of the biggest leagues in the world. I think you were like me and were very surprised, particularly whenever it comes to those second tier leagues in Europe, the Scottish Premier League and the Dutch League and even the Portuguese League is very similar. You would think that these leagues are spending a lot more than MLS, but whenever you look behind the numbers, that's not actually the case. Often MLS teams are spending just as not just as much, if not more, as some of these Champions League level clubs um, that have a lot of high regard within Europe. Uh, it really speaks to the financial power of MLS. But the other side of things is going to be the difference in the way that the leagues are built in Europe versus the way that they're built in MLS, where as in Europe, you have a couple of teams at the very top that are just outspending the rest of the league by a wide margin, a couple of teams at the very bottom that are underspending the league by a wide margin, and they kind of everybody else in the middle. And MLS, you don't have a massive gap between the top spending team in the league and the bottom spending team in the league. The financial power on display in MLS, even whenever it's bottom team versus bottom team, is more than you might find in the majority of leagues in the world whenever you have bottom team versus bottom team, which is something that I was not necessarily expecting. And I think the other story that you can tell from looking at these numbers is about the future is about why so many people are excited about MLS and excited about investing in MLS because you can see that this league, which I think everybody still agrees is still in a growth phase and soccer is still not there yet in America and MLS is certainly still not there yet in America. Even though this league is not there yet in the United States, it is still competing globally with some of the leagues that have been around for hundreds of years. And if you look at population and market capacity, MLS just has so much more room for growth compared to a lot of these leagues around Europe where their population is leaving them, the industry is leaving them, um, the economics, especially once you get past the big cities, just aren't there to support the growth necessary to keep up with some of the big spenders in Europe. You know, you wonder why something like a European Super League is uh, is being discussed. And, and looking at these numbers, it's clear to see why. Because the big markets in Europe are able to compete at a level that the small markets just can't keep up with. And at some point, those big markets want to keep the money to themselves and compete with against each other. Whereas in the United States, there are so many markets in the U.S. that can support these MLS clubs. There's already 30, and it seems like there's 20 more markets that uh, could support a club if they wanted. There's markets that could support multiple clubs if they wanted. The appetite and the room for growth is just tremendous. Now, will we ever see the ceiling in MLS get to the point where uh, the ceiling is for some of these leagues in Europe? I don't know. That's that's interesting. I, I, is there any chance that like currently TFC spending 36 million? Is there any chance that we'll see a team spend 200 million or 100 million or, or even get close to that? 
I, I think that's yet to be seen. The question is, what happens? What does the league look like if every team in the league is spending 10 million or 15 million and you just have that quality dispersed throughout the league? It makes for some really interesting soccer and something that you don't necessarily see anywhere else in the world. So now it's time for you to weigh in. What were some of your expectations coming in versus what you actually saw? And what does this tell you about the future of world soccer? Do you see uh, MLS sticking around as one of the big players, at least in the Americas and potentially beyond? I don't know. You you saw the information. Let me know which conclusions you're drawing from it. I'm really excited to uh, see this conversation. Guys, thank you so much for watching. If you want to support the channel, you can listen to the podcast. The podcast is available anywhere podcasts are found. You can like, you can subscribe. If you want to take that next step to support the channel, you can do so directly by becoming a member. Shout out to all the tier two members, Manuel Oliveras, Matthew Doyle, Matthew Hanna, Michael Baker, Dan McVeigh, Mike Irish, Aaron M, and 427 Motorsports LLC. Thank you guys so much for watching. My name is Sam, and this is the Yank Report brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.